Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, <laughs> it, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man, because they got a great deep, they got a great offensive line, which helps Hurts. Hurts has AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. They got a good running game. I um, mean, Miles Sanders. They scheme that they, they scheme that they have. O line. Yeah. I mean, bro, bro like, it, like. <laughs> And this Eagles Cowboys, this Eagles Cowboys coming up, ain't it? Yeah, it's coming up. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make no enemies. I, I just like, I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like, I can't, I, I like, I like when things are off, I, I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. Like, yeah, you're right. They got, they got a great team, great defense. But everyone, everyone has their own opinions. Like, but they got so Jalen Hurts is. He's good. Michael Parsons had some comments about your success and whether it was, you know, more attributed to yourself or or team and, and scheme. Here's the to get your thoughts on that. We're worried about the Bears right now. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Ashley Nicole Moss, what's going on? Good to see you. Hi. You know what? I gave you, I gave you the invite. You didn't take the invitation. I told you I'm going deep inside the mothership on Thursday, doing brother from another on location from our headquarters, NBC Sports. So that's where I am right now. I said, Ashley, you love New York, you love the area, and you can tell the people before we get started. Before we get started on Mike, your boy Michael Parsons, tell the people what you told me that you have never been where. Oh, I'm I'm a true New Yorker. I've never been to Connecticut. Um, (laughs) And I think maybe if I had to think in all 29 years of my life, I think I've been to New Jersey maybe once. And that's because my dad at the time was working for a company who I think had like a warehouse or some sort of like headquarters base out there. Like I went to work with him one day. I have never been to New Jersey except for maybe. And it's maybe. I don't even know for certain. If I wow. went with him when he went to New Jersey, I've never been outside of the tri-state. When it comes to the tri-state, I've never left the state of New York. So, so no, no so no, <laughs> no, so no Connecticut. Um, you know, one time that time in Jersey got a story. That one time maybe, in New Jersey, maybe, 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 it, maybe. The details are fuzzy. Can't remember if I've ever been right. to Jersey. And I, I hesitate to ask you about Brooklyn. If you ever been to Brooklyn, well, maybe well, I'm, I, I'm from Brooklyn. I was born there. If, I say, <laughs> if you ever been to a Brooklyn Nets game, have you ever been to a Brooklyn Nets game? I've been to I've been to the Barclays um, when they were playing the Knicks. Um, no, I've actually been there when the Knicks were out of town and they were playing Luke. Luca was in town. I want to say the Mavs were in town. I think I've been to the Barclays twice since its existence, though. Okay. Like only twice. It's been there what ten years, and I've been there twice. Okay. So, oh, so just do the math. At, yeah. at some point, uh, before before you turn thirty, uh, we have yeah. to get you to uh, Connecticut first, then Jersey. <laughs> so, I'm gonna Connecticut. Say, it's gonna be a hard no for me, Michael. <laughs> it's gonna be a hard no for me. This is I'm gonna crazy. have to take a pass. I'm gonna have to take a cold pass on that. I just I don't see the reason. What is the reason? Why am I going? What's I'm there? here. I'm here. Uh, NBC Sports is here. Uh, your family's here. We love you. We we want to spend time come, with you. Come meet me at come meet me at Thirty Rock. Okay, at we Thirty can, Rock. We can, we can okay, do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do that. Now listen, I, I gotta. I wonder how you interpret if you take the Cowboys out of it. How do you mm-hmm. interpret somebody who's just going along, 
minding their own business, having a great season, getting a lot of praise. After last year, people had questions about Jalen Hurts, right? They had questions right. about him. Is he the guy? So right. this year, he has answered every question, has played at a high level, runs the football, passes the football, uh, is, is uh, a leader. He does everything right, minding his own business. Then here comes your guy, Micah Parsons, out of nowhere. Whoa, this is how it happens. You're just sitting there, and there's always somebody on the <laughs> sidelines, either on the sidelines or two games behind. Let's get to that. Two games behind you talking mm-hmm. trash about you. Okay, so please tell me if you have any ideas. What was Micah Parsons thinking? Uh, what was he trying to establish with this commentary about Jalen Hurts? It's a little bit of a it's a it's a little bit of a few things. I think normally athletes just by nature are competitive and I think some guys are more outspoken with that than others. Some guys don't mind being vocal with their competitiveness and some guys just allow their game to do the talking. So we see it in basketball all the time, we see it in soccer, we see it in baseball. It's not like it's an uncommon thing. You add the fact that it's already a rivalry between these two guys, maybe not specifically these two guys, but the teams that they play for do not like each other. The fan base don't like each other, and they're both competing for the number one spot in their division. So you throw that into the mix. And I think also, you know, it's not an uncommon take that Micah said. It's just because Micah Parsons said it, it's a whole thing. You don't think it's uncommon? no, I think, I think you know, like you said, the, seeing how Jalen Hurts, now I always thought Jalen Hurts had it in him to be the quarterback that we're seeing right now. It just takes some guys a little bit longer to get there. And also Jalen Hurts wasn't always in the best situation to go ahead and showcase his skill set. I say the same thing about Tua in Miami. A lot of people wrote Tua off very early in his career, but failed to realize that his environment was not great for his development as a quarterback. And not everybody's Tom Brady, and even with Brady, you know, yes, he's, you know, 50 even Tom years Brady, old, even Tom Brady's but, not Tom Brady anymore. Right. But even Brady, you know, needs a good, yes, he can do a lot of incredible things on the football field, and that's why he's the GOAT. But you also have to look at the system that he's in. It has benefited him greatly. It just goes ahead and it magnifies and exemplifies his skill set. So, Jalen Hurts has struggled a bit early in his career because he did not have that. Now he's on a really great team. It's well, you know, constructed. It's well moving. And I think that it makes him maybe in some areas a lot better than he would be if that was not in the picture. Now, does that mean that he's not a great quarterback? Does that mean that his skill set is solely a product of his environment? Absolutely not. It was a little bit of it was a little bit of a uh, in there, but yeah. I think that I think it's seventy five Jalen, and the rest is the product of the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, you know here's here's my problem with this. My problem, and I don't have a problem with uh, Micah Parsons saying what he feels. Great, it's good for us. We we love the content. Ashley, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Go ahead, say more stuff uh, before mm-hmm. the game. Uh, overlook the Jacksonville Jaguars if you must. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care. It, it's, it's good for us. But this sounds, the, my problem with it, this sounds, can I call it uh, LaShawn McCoy-ish? It's LaShawn McCoy. Sure. Remember, remember LaShawn McCoy sure. talking about, hey, Bill Belichick, <laughs> if, if, if he doesn't have Tom Brady, I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. You know, I think Tom Brady is the greatest Uh, quarterback and the greatest player in NFL history. So if you don't have the greatest, does that change your outcomes? Yes, it does. And so that's not really a hot take. I I wonder why, why do, why do people, certain people, not everybody doesn't, but why do certain people do this? Well, Hey, if you took that away, then Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be nothing. (laughs) Or hey, listen, you're only good because you've got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. It helps. Now, what were you saying? It, why doesn't the opposite ever happen? So this happens where you're on top, you're really good, people giving you praise, and then mm-hmm. you have somebody come in saying, well, you're only good because of this, this, and that. I'd like to see the opposite. Especially, I'm broken down, I'm bad, I'm down on my luck, things aren't going well for me. I want somebody to say, you know what, Michael Holly, You're down on your luck, but you're only like one positive thing away from being great. You're, it's not you. You're not bad. 
Your situation right. is bad. No, they never. They you know never do I, that. They never do you that. Know what I think, it's you know what I think it is. It's it's this era of of you know I call it the Michael Jordan effect, right? Everybody wants to go ahead and call, and Michael Jordan is the goat, right? And I think that a lot of people have this idea in their mind that you can't be great unless you can win by yourself. Right. And people fail to realize that team sports are team sports. Yes, Michael Jordan was or is rather the goat. But you also have to look at a lot of the fine print in that situation. He didn't win by himself. A Never. lot of it was because of him. Let's not, you know, let's call a spade a spade. A lot of it was because of Jordan and his greatness. But he didn't go out there and play one on five. It was five on five for a reason. It's a team sport. So I think people want to go ahead and negate the greatness of a quarterback or a basketball player or whoever in a team sport if they can't go ahead and win on their own accord. And that's an unfair thing because, like I said, one guy can't do everyone's job. What did Giselle say when she was married to Tom Brady? My husband can't throw the ball and catch the ball at the same yeah. time. That's not how that works. So it's a little bit of that. So it's, a, it's definitely an unfair narrative. And I think certain positions, quarterbacks, and basketball, I think superstars, Kevin Durant and, and Giannis and LeBron get it more than, say, some other guys. Um, right. It's it's just it's the way that sports narrative has rhetoric has kind of formed, and it's not fair because they're team sports. Ashley, you know what? I can't I, I can't wait until Christmas Eve. Christmas no, Eve. Right. So so <laughs> we got we got a game on Christmas Eve, but an early Christmas present for me will be not just the game, but if if most likely uh, when I shouldn't even say if when the Eagles win that game. Wow, we're doing that? We're doing that. Okay, go ahead. Hey, listen, you didn't come here. I, you know, I'd be more respectful if you were here. If you were here, but now, like, you just decided, oh, no, I'm don't not. Take, don't take Micah's animosity out Uh-oh. on me. I didn't say it. <laughs> I love Jalen Hurts. I didn't say no, it. No, it'd be great, though, if, uh, if on Christmas Eve, the Eagles win this game, just the comments, because you know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're playing the game. They're playing. It's, it's, a, it's a nice strategic game they're playing. Hey, listen, we're mm-hmm. we're focused on the Bears, and we got a game. And you know, I, I don't know if the you know Cowboys have to play the Jaguars, but we got to play the Chicago Bears. We can't get caught up in this, as if it's not bothering them. But they're just collecting. They're collecting. Listen. They're collecting information. And if they win that game, Ashley, some of the comments and some of the antics. There will be antics, especially if they win it convincingly. Fourth quarter. I want yeah. I want a specific camera. I just want it on the Philadelphia bench for the last six minutes of the game just to see the kind of stuff they do to try to uh, troll Micah Parsons. Mike, but, listen, all I know is this is all the talk that Micah's talking. That's great. That's dandy. Listen, say it with your chest and don't say it at all, but you'll better win. And you better have one hell of a game, right. Micah, because if the game does not – if the game is not won by the Cowboys and it's solely on the defense – all eyes are looking at you. There's a saying. It's one of my favorite sayings. Don't let your mouth write a check your ass can't catch. Mm. So go ahead. Talk all the trash you want. But you better win that game, and you better have one hell of a game yourself. That's all I'm saying. So I was talking to an Eagles fan uh, last week, and uh, he was he was getting all excited about uh, the division. They're going to win the division, uh-huh. likely, right? They're going to likely win the division. They've already clinched the playoff berth. Uh, the Cowboys. I will not confirm nor deny that. Uh, okay, all right. But <laughs> he was talking about uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. He said, "I said, uh, he said, no. I said, don't you fear Dallas though? And the players that you know, I want to play Dallas in the playoffs. I said, you do. He said, no, I don't fear them. I respect them. He said, I fear San Francisco, but San Francisco beat them last year. So uh, it would beat Dallas last year. So I can understand why a, a Philly fan watching that Dallas San Francisco game would say, okay, Ooh, I saw the hurt and they put on, uh, on Dallas. So we have to watch out for that. But how do you feel about Philly? I mean, Micah Parsons aside, when you look as a, as a Cowboys fan, yeah, and, and you are a ride or die Cowboys fan. You look around the NFC landscape and start in your own neighborhood, theoretically, uh, with the with, with with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh-huh. how do you feel about them when you when it comes to matching up with the Cowboys? 
I mean, Philly's the real deal. And I think that, you know, earlier in the season when I was on the show, I, I kind of doubted them and I wasn't like, whatever, Philly. But after the first time we played them, there are just some teams and, and it may not be the same every single season. And sometimes it is. Sometimes there's just a team that every single season, you look at Green Bay and you look at the Chicago Bears. Green Bay has Chicago's number every single time they play, right? In the yep. NFC East, it seems like that kind of fluctuates. It depends on the season, depends on who's healthy, who's not. It's not always the same team that gives the same team problems, if you know what I mean. But mm -hmm. this season, I think that it's the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles are the Dallas Cowboys kryptonite. And how they go ahead and play them is going to be monumental. Mm -hmm. Because we saw last game, it was not a good one. They had their number. Dallas could not figure out how to go ahead and stop these guys, could not figure out how to go ahead and win that game. So you hope that, you know, you figured out the formula, but th there is a strong possibility that this just may be the year that Philly has Dallas's number. And that's just the team wow. that gives them problems. Wow. Now, am I saying that that's the case? I will not say that. I'm just saying it's a possibility. And that's always a possibility, especially when you're talking about division rivalries in December. Anything is possible. Anything can happen. And I'm not going to go ahead and say, seeing the type of football that the Philadelphia Eagles have been playing, that it's going to be a cakewalk. That would be an ignorant thing to say. I'm yeah. not going to say that. But I, I got to tell you, Ashley, I, I, I love that response. I love Because I didn't think you were going to say that. And and maybe maybe you're being a little too hard on Dallas. I, I can't believe it. No, you're being I, too, I, you are. I, love I'm my team. I know you do. But, I know you do. But, even though even but, though you love your team, I just want to remind you. Um, somebody told you early in the year after Dak mm -hmm. Prescott got hurt. I can't remember who mm -hmm. it was. Somebody looked like me uh, told you earlier in the year. Don't worry about it. Uh, they are good enough to make the playoffs. Even with Dak Prescott being out for a month, the Cowboys will be fine. And I don't you, know if that would have been true. You and oh, Michael for Smith. A month, for a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You and Michael Smith. He was like, nope, it's over. Michael Smith just wrote off the season. I didn't say it was over. You didn't say it was over, but you were. You I know, was concerned. You Deeply. You were deeply yes, concerned. I was concerned. But I do, I do like, um, I, I, the reason I think you're being too hard on the Cowboys is the game they played, Cooper Rush was a quarterback, and they lost by what, six? Was it 23 to 17, that game? So that was a competitive Listen, game. I, I, it was competitive, but I'm also, I, I'm somebody who, does, who lives in the present and, and in the recent present. And I watched my Dallas Cowboys almost lose to the worst team in the NFL last yeah. Sunday. So when you play that kind of lazy football, catch-up football, mm. when you're playing against a team like the Houston Texans, maybe you can get away with that. And they barely got away with that. Let's make that very clear. They barely walked away with that win. That works against a team like Houston. That doesn't work against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. And Cooper Rush, in that situation, they were competitive. They kept their foot on the gas. They just could not figure out how to go ahead and stop certain things from happening. But the team that I saw last Sunday was very content with, oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to wipe the floor with these guys. And it came down to the wire. That's why I'm concerned. You cannot take your foot off a of gas against a team who already clinched their playoff spot. You just can't do that. So it depends on what version of my Dallas Cowboys I get. If I get earlier version Dallas Cowboys, I'm cool as a cucumber. If I get last week, last Sunday's Dallas Cowboys, I'm nervous. It depends mm. on who I get. I'll tell you what I, I I am here for the and I should let the, the regular season play out, but I'm here for the NFC playoffs. This is the last thing I'll say. Then we'll uh, we'll switch gears and we'll talk some hoops later. We got we got Natalie in studio. Natalie's here. Okay, Natalie is also a New Yorker, and she decided to come to Connecticut. Okay, I'm glad. So she's here. I'm going to ask her how she likes it. She's here. She loves it. She's she loves it. I'm, we're going to ask her in a second. But anyway, we'll talk some ball in a little bit. Um, but I am here for the NFC playoffs because I look at I look at Dallas and Philly mm -hmm. as legit great teams. I think both of them are great. Uh, just mm -hmm. different styles, but two great teams in the NFC East. Uh, I think San Francisco is is emerging as a great team. We'll see what they do tonight, but I think mm -hmm. they're emerging as a great team. We know they're a great defense. It's a quarterback down to their third quarterback. And Hey, somebody give some love to the Minnesota Vikings. I know the Cowboys stomped on them. I know. I know. You made them look bad. You like that? I, I mean, oh, Kirk Cousins wasn't saying that after that game, was he? You like yeah, that? No, no, no. Um, 
but they are good. They're a good team. They play close games. This all so different styles. I, I could see any of those teams, any of those, any of that group emerging from the conference. So we got Not a lot. Tampa Bay Bucks, do you? You don't have Tampa Bay. Ashley, Tampa Bay is. I'm going to keep saying this until I believe it. Until I really get it in my core. I, I think I kind of believe it now. It's kind of it's more take than belief. But I'm trying to get yeah. the take to the belief stage. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to win their division. They're going to miss really? the play. They're going to miss the playoffs. There's, there's what two and a half weeks left in the season. Look, hey, hey, okay, here it is. It's simple. Here it is. So this week, Tampa has not to do an early version of my bets your money, but why not? <laughs> uh, Tampa has Cincinnati this week. Who you got okay. in that game? Oh, Tampa, okay. Tampa okay. versus Cincinnati. Who you got? I'm going with the Bengals. They're, they're right. rolling right now. So now at yeah. six and eight. So now, now, now that's Tampa at six and eight. Uh, the Panthers host the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky likely mm. or something called a Mason Rudolph at mm. quarterback for the Steelers. Okay. So who you got there? Oh, the Steelers are the Steelers are weird. Like the Steelers are a team that yeah. like you think, oh, it's done for them if they're not going to win. Then they they're able to win. And the Panthers are kind of like dismantled at this point. They're, it's like ruins. It's like when you go to like the Mayan they, ruins in Mexico but, or something. But they're getting it done like, oh, though. This was cool. What? They're getting it done in the ruins. They're like, I hey, I can't, there's I still can't a structure the here. It's not going to. That's what the, the Panthers say. Count out. The Panthers say. Why do they call this the ruins of Rome? I still see a structure. There's structure I here. I see I something. See <laughs> listen, listen. I got the Panthers winning. Okay. Got the Bucks losing. They'll both be a robust six and eight. Down the stretch, three games to play, tied. Tampa has already lost to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Tom Brady missing the playoffs. Gonna miss the playoffs this year. Here's a hot what take. happened? Right. Does, he, does, he, does he hang it up? Right. No, no, no. He's gonna keep playing. Oh, he's okay. gonna keep. He's gonna. He he's not gonna retire. He might as well, right? At this point, Tom Brady will will retire the next time you go to Jersey. That's when he'll say, "All right, all right." Ashley went to Jersey. I'm all done. Okay. So never. What, a, what else? Is, what? <laughs> all right. Play the music. Play the music, Gary. <laughs> Love it. All right. When we come back, we're gonna talk to our homegirl Natalie, who is here. We're going to talk about the Warriors on the court, the Warriors off the court, the Warriors past, the Warriors future, and also, and we're going to talk about the Knicks too. You see, you see Ashley, I have a Knicks item in my feed. We got five in a row, count them. Knicks. Take that, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Tz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, look at this. A site nobody wants to see. Not just Warriors fans. NBA fans want to see Steph Curry out there. We want to see Steph doing his thing. Uh, but he was having a terrific game against the Indiana Pacers last night. And then he hurt his left shoulder, left the game. The Warriors lose to the Pacers by six. And we should have known that. We should have known that the Warriors were going to lose this game. Why? Because the game was not in San Francisco. Like when they like, and Natalie's here. This is our first time we met. We met in person for the first time earlier today. Natalie, a tremendous MVP addition to Brother from Another. So, uh, Natalie, the game was not in San Francisco. And Natalie and Ashley, when 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 the Warriors get out outside of San Francisco, I bet you they can't even play in Oakland anymore. <laughs> they used to play in Oakland all the time. I bet you they, they go away from the arena and they lose their minds. They've won two games on the road. So that's true. What's the problem? What's going on now with uh, just the injury? I, I guess it's the it's the first thing. Still waiting on the injury update. Um, 
he's gonna he's getting an MRI, so we're still waiting on that. I keep checking at there. Keep checking, refresh, there hasn't refresh. Been a report. Yes, I've been refreshing. I mean, the hope is like that it's something. When I say the hope, I mean among fans, right? And obviously the team that it's nothing yeah. too serious, and so that it is um, like a stinger, you know, maybe or just like a strain, which would probably be like a couple of weeks, but something more severe, like a dislocation or something else, could be more time, and so. Um, yeah, that's not good for the Warriors because it's not just based on this team. Like, every iteration of the Warriors, even the versions that had Kevin Durant on it, when Steph isn't on the court, they're just not a very oh. good team. And it's it's largely because of the way that they play. The offense is so centered around his skill set. And so when he's not there, it makes it very difficult. Like, Draymond can't pass as well. Those lanes aren't open because now they can guard Dre, you know, um, and make it tough for him. And it's it's just... Clay doesn't have as much space to shoot in, even like a Kevin Durant. Like, obviously, when he was there, he would keep them afloat, but it it wasn't the same because now yeah. he doesn't have as much space. And we saw what that looked like when Brooklyn, you know, lost last year in the finals, right? And they got swept by the Celtics because, really, they could just focus all their attention on Kevin Durant. And so that's what happens, like, if a player like Steph goes out. So it wouldn't be good for them if he had, like, an extended absence. But, you know, we'll see. We'll wait for the results. Uh, tell me this, uh, tell me this, Ashley, is, is Golden State position to be competitive or even beyond competitive? Competitive sounds, that's, that's, those are low expectations. Can they be contenders for like three weeks or a month without Steph, if it came to that? Yeah, here's the thing. I think right now they're kind of in, and when I say good, I don't mean good because Steph's injured, obviously. I mean, they're in a interesting position right now it's still very early in the season i think we're only a quarter of the way in the season technically doesn't really start until christmas day we haven't even hit those games yet and the west is very much all over the place looking at the standings right now the pelicans memphis denver and portland are really the only four hot teams right now that have consistently been winning you look at you know phoenix they lost five in a row the clippers are still trying to figure out what they're doing they're trying to get that chemistry going you look at, you know, Sacramento, they won a game. You look at Utah, they're, you know, not really tanking like they're supposed to, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But They'll get there, a, though. They'll eventually get there. At, right. You look at the Lakers, the Timberwolves, they're kind of all over the place. So I feel like it's not an egregious situation for the Warriors right now. Now, if we were talking February, March, this might be catastrophic. But right now, you're still very early in the season or early enough in the season that if you're able to to win, let's say, steps out three weeks, if he's out maybe a month. If you're able to win even half of those games, when he comes back, I feel like you're in a good position to still go ahead well, and make the playoffs, given the fact that the West is just kind of a disaster right now. If this was the Eastern Conference, we would be having a very different conversation. Well, so, if, 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 you know, Natalie Ashley said if they could win half yeah, they with, without him, Hey, listen, that, that standing, it should have said 14 and 15. So they're a game under 500 with them, and he's playing out of his mind. He's playing great basketball. He's had many games, like pretty much half of those games, he's averaging 30 points. Uh, his assists are up. His rebounds are right. up. I mean, he's but also doing- take into consideration that Clay took a while to find his stride, and that was a lot of weight on Steph Curry and not having that second half of the splash rubs. It took him a while to kind of figure himself out. Now that Clay's starting to roll a little bit more, I feel like you'll get a different version of the Warriors if Steph were not able to play. And even, you know what, let's go ahead and even lower the standard. If you can just win a quarter of the game without Steph, depending on how long he's out, yeah. I still don't think that puts the Warriors in this just like massive hole that when Curry does come back, that he can't go ahead and help this See, team this is where we you know, be dug out of. Because this... the West is just not that good right Ooh, now. I don't know. So I, I what, what do you think, Natalie? So I agree with Ashley that the West isn't that good and there's not enough separation, but I think the length of time you lose Steph is critical. The Warriors aren't yes, capable of absolutely. winning games without him. Like, we have so much data on that. They can't do it. Last year, we can just look back at last year mm. when he went down and they couldn't win a game. <laughs> they won, like, a couple. Like, they, they just don't win without him, even if Clay is there. Like, in 2016, but not, like, this version of the Warriors. You still have Clay not playing back-to-backs. Um, and so he did take some time to heat up, but 
that was an issue. You had like Dre and Clay not being ready at the beginning of the season, so they couldn't play full minutes. So I just, I kind of want to separate like the Warriors into like two versions because I understand, right. I understand that like what happened at the beginning of the season, so it's so glaring. It's that road trip they went on, those five games that they didn't win any of the games. And so that's really what put them in a deficit. But the Warriors, since they made lineup changes, James Wiseman to the G League, Ooh. Draymond and Andrew Wiggins to supplement the second unit. Like when they finished that Boston game, they were 11 and six from that point on. So they were winning and their record was better and they were a top 10 offense and defense since those changes. So they were on track, but a couple of things. One, Kerr continues to do the resting, which I know annoys you. Oh my and goodness. so like some of those losses, you yeah. have to remember there were a number of games where like the stars just didn't play at all. And then on top of that, on top of that, then you had, like, Steph going down last night. So it was a three-point game when he went out, Michael. So, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's actually really critical for them. Um, but I agree with Ashley in that the saving grace is that the West is not that great. So they can probably climb back in, but they'll be coming from a deficit. Hey. Oh, for sure. And it's, go it's going to be an extremely difficult – it's going to be an annoying task for Steph coming back from an injury forever how for however long that injury is to go ahead and have to just be superhuman and help this team dig, be dug out of a hole. Because they will be in a hole. I just don't know because of how close this Western Conference is and how, you know, how much of a difference it is from the top four teams and everybody else. I just don't know if his absence is going to be as just terrible as we're kind of predicting and that's only because the remainder of the west i want to say 75 percent of this conference is in disarray right now and that's the only thing working to the warriors advantage right now oh this is when they were supposed to be getting back in it and oh you're we right. got some news what it came we out? got some news we got some news so uh according to woe just just came in uh gary carter saying in my ear according to woe's uh steph's gonna be out several weeks Several weeks. That could, be, that could be two weeks. That could no, be three. Well, weeks. Well, not gonna be two. <laughs> I would say this. Uh, so here, here it is. Uh, Seven expected to miss a few weeks. A few weeks. Excuse a me. He few. did say a few weeks. They didn't say what it was. That's no, a few's not. A few's not two. Come on, it's not two. A few is two. A few, a few is two. Is two. It could be three. Two and a half. Few is three. It could be three. It's three. A few is three. But we don't know minimum. what the injury three. is yet. So let's see what they say the right. actual injury is. Yeah. So out a few weeks. So uh, he will miss. Uh, unfortunately, NBA fans. Christmas Day, Warriors, you were looking forward to it. You're not going to see them on Christmas Day. You're not going to see them. That sucks. They got the Sixers uh, coming up here. Uh, they'll be in New York. They'll be in the, right? They're going to take on the Nets and the Knicks. Uh, coming um, up. No, sorry, sorry. The Nets didn't get a Christmas Day game. Don't try it. No, I'm saying no. I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm just talking about the, coming up on their trip. They have Philadelphia. Just wanted, just wanted to specify that only one New York team got a Christmas Day game, and it was the New York Knicks. Just want to oh, make sure we have that clear. That's oh, my all. goodness. So he's, he's going to be out for a while, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, y'all, can we talk about the elephant in the room? Can we talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to the yeah, Warriors? Because, <laughs> because there's the Steph Curry injury, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a story. I was talking to Natalie about this earlier in that I'm usually not guilty of this kind of stuff because I, I like to keep stuff going, like drama. I like to keep it going. I don't want drama to end. It, not in my professional life. My personal life, yeah, I want the drama to be over. But in my professional life, keep it going. Let's keep going. Let's keep, let's keep that drama going. So when Draymond attacked Jordan Poole, I said, oh, this is going to be a story all season long. I talked about it maybe for a couple of days, Ashley uh, and Natalie, and then I just kind of moved on and talked about the Warriors. Big picture. You know, the, the, the macro, not the micro. And this incident that happened that Draymond got the fan ejected, mm -hmm. this, was, this was connected to the Jordan Poole fight, which a lot of people haven't talked about a lot of people have mentioned. So the fan, the fan was uh, on a, on a podcast and mm -hmm. I just want you to hear, I want you to hear the fans version because Draymond said, this guy threatened my life, uh, threatened my family and something like that. And I had, I told the officials we got him kicked out of the game. They kicked him out. I'm sorry. The fan did a podcast. Fan did like, a podcast. What are doing right now? Welcome <laughs> to, welcome to 2022. So the fan, okay. here's, the, here's the fan version of what happened with Draymond. Check it out. Draymond's on TV. He's out here on tape talking about 
you, a fan, threatened his life during right. a game. My question to you, Mike, did you threaten Draymond Green's life? Man, no, not at all. Like I said, all I all I said to him was he was underneath the free throw line. Took that one. I said I told my friend Brandon Fan, I said, man, I'm about to say something. So he underneath the free throw line. I got his attention. I said, Draymond. I said, we giving you a pass. He said, what pass? I said, man, you, we giving you a pass. He said, you ain't what pass? I said, man, like I said, we giving you a pass. You know what I mean? So evidently, he was ready for it. He was he was waiting for that to happen, and um, and he just he blew it out of proportion. Actually, so basically, I don't know how he can take that as a threat. When you say giving him a pass, what what were you referring to? Like why why does Draymond need a pass in the city of Milwaukee? Man, basically, you know, I was speaking up. I was speaking up for the city of Milwaukee. Basically, telling like, man, we're giving you a pass. We we haven't forgot about what you did, you know what I'm saying? A big bully. We haven't forgot about what you did, and we're giving you a pass. We forgive you. <laughs> How about that, Ashley? So Mike Shane uh, is his name. He's from Milwaukee. Jordan Poole's from Milwaukee. We know what happened. We saw the video. And, and, and listen, Mike's account, checks out because if you have the audio of Draymond, Draymond, it's exactly how he said it happened. And Draymond threw in some other stuff. What you mean a pass? What you mean? Give me a pass for what? I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. What's the pass? You know, and that, that was back and forth and eventually the thing got kicked out of the game. So Mike Shane is sticking up for Jordan Poole, pride of Milwaukee. And Natalie is and Mike, Ashley, it's coming is up. Mike Shane, is, is Mike Shane a relative of Jordan Poole? Are they homeboys? Does Jordan no. Poole know him? It's, like, I'm, it's like I'm you, confused. It's, it's, like, it's like if somebody's from New York, somebody from I, New York. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Michael, okay? If you're not my homie, if we're not relatives, if we don't have any type of relationship, you a grown man. Fight your own battles. What do I look like? Your spokesperson? Do I look like your lawyer? Do I look like, you know, your bodyguard? I think it's ridiculous that a fan went to this game and was like, rah, rah, don't mess with Jordan Poole. He's from Milwaukee. We don't, like, first of all, Jordan doesn't know you. It's the equivalent of, like, when people go on Twitter and, like, just hurl insults at, like, reporters and journalists and stuff for their takes on a player who does not know that they exist. It's like he doesn't know you. Now, if you would have told me that was his cousin, his Maybe. boy from high school, I would have been like, okay, it makes sense. Like, we're giving you a pass. Don't run up on my boy. Like, kind of like the Jokic brothers that they did down in Miami when that situation came, and they sat, like, okay. a few seats behind the bench. They're like, yo. But, like, listen, what's his name? Mike? Mike, Mike. take a seat. Mike, Mike take, take a seat. A seat. You, take, you're doing too much, Mike. Jordan's not going to – I hope he picks you. I hope Jordan picks you, Mike. That's what I got to say. I hope he picks <laughs> okay. you. Okay. All right, listen. That, okay, very fair point. But, Natalie, I want to ask you this. And mm-hmm. Ashley, weigh in on this too. All right, if Mike doesn't know Jordan and mm-hmm. he just like, hey, we go, I'm, I'm going to stand up from Milwaukee, you bully. Why is Draymond Green a, a, a champion – uh, mm-hmm. One of the best players in the league, uh, really, when you think about all the things that he brings to to the game, why is he wasting his time? He's wasting his time. He's engaging him constantly. Hey, what pass? What pass? What are you talking about? Then goes to the official, tattles on him. Oh, I went Not there. tattles. Oh, he tattled on him. <laughs> tattled on him. Hey, hey, this guy, this guy, Mike, Mike is down here at the baseline saying something about me. He was being mean to me. And then gets to do throwing out of the game. Michael, have you have you just started watching Draymond exist? This is yeah, but he doesn't. Is. He doesn't. No, he doesn't but he doesn't typically get. No, but he doesn't kick fans out, and he doesn't get triggered by comments like the stuff happened in Boston. Like usually, like you know, like in Memphis when they're like whoop that trick, he was dancing along, yeah. right? Yeah. So the comments were obviously triggering to him, and for most of us, we thought it was because the fan threatened him, and I don't have a reason to believe that Draymond's just going to lie. So maybe he understood it to be that. I'm not here to dispute, like, 
if he was telling the truth or not, but the comments were triggering to him. And obviously, Mike, this Mike guy is going to get on the pod and he's going to say a version that benefits him. So, right, it's just word against word. But the audio backs up, but we had that audio of Draymond saying... I'm not saying... Let me, let me clarify. I'm not saying that Draymond kicks fans out all the time, but you see him on Twitter. He's good for a clap back. He's good for a pop-off every now and then. Draymond is just somebody who, like, you're only going to test him to a certain point and he's going to say something to you. Like, we've seen him do it on Twitter. We've seen him pop off on interviews when he does his podcast and we've For seen sure. him fire shots. That's who he is. Now, he but took to it to someone- a level we normally... Right. He took it to a level we normally don't see from him when it comes to ejecting a fan from the arena. That I'll agree. So maybe something happened along the lines that just rubbed him the wrong way. Maybe he was just annoyed, you know, the, the what was going on in the game. He didn't need the other distraction. But I don't feel like it was something that was so against his character that you're like, oh, my God, like, what happened? He probably, the guy was probably annoying him. Like, any grown man putting up for another man talking about we're giving you a pass. You ain't giving me nothing, boy. I don't know you. Like, what are we talking about? Like, Raymond is, like, the king, for lack of a better word. (laughs) word. Like, he talks. You know what I'm saying? Like, Just right, so. It's, it's sort of contradictory, though, and I get it's a fan, and to me, like, I'm not trying to get into no fight with the player to get kicked out, but at the same time, if you acknowledge who Draymond is, this is the same person mm-hmm. who told Paul Pierce, you ain't Kobe. Yeah. Like, he's wild disrespectful. So for him to be so triggered they by don't a love fan you like that. You saying thought you that get you the get Kobe a pass, treatment? I mean, I, I don't think it's, like, out of character in terms yeah. of, like, he doesn't go back and forth with fans. I think the more notable thing is that it triggered him so much, and I think, to Michael's point... And I've, I've always said this, and I know, like, as a part of, like, someone who's a Warriors fan, like, Warriors fans want to just sleep this under the rug. They want to be like, oh, this is no big deal. This happens all the time. And, like, there were disputing, like, there were players who came out and some said, no, this doesn't happen all the time. Like, right. there were some who said it did, but, like, I don't think it happens all the time. I don't think no. you punch one of your teammates who is also one of the key pieces on the team and that it happens all the time. And so that people want to believe that there would be nothing lingering from this, I just he's think probably, was, was not realistic. So I think it was triggering for him. He's probably still somewhat embarrassed. He's probably still yeah. somewhat ashamed of his actions, ashamed mm-hmm. that it went public, ashamed that, you know, all these people, his peers had different opinions and he was a talking point and not necessarily the best light. It's probably that. And it's probably also he's trying to move on. The team's trying to move on. They're trying to win games. And then you have somebody who doesn't have a direct line of connection to the situation outside of just being from the city of Milwaukee telling, oh, we're giving you a pass. It's like, you're not giving me anything. Like, I'm a grown man. You're not giving me anything. So it's probably that level of annoyance mixed with a level of he's still probably embarrassed. He's still probably ashamed of his actions which rightfully he should be. It's probably not something he wants to constantly be reminded of, constantly have thrown in his face. It was not a good moment for someone who has accomplished everything that Draymond has accomplished. Probably. I get it. But fans are going to say things. And, like, to me, I don't even care about any of that. Like, the bigger issue to me is what effect does it have ultimately on the Warriors. Is like, it having an effect right yeah. now? Yeah. Like, is it, it, Do you think this is part of the, the, the 14 and 15 odd start for the Warriors? I do because, like, if you think about really? it. Really? I do. I don't think it's, like, the main thing, but I, I, I think it's – 10%, I, 15%. I think it's unrealistic to think something like that can happen and that it won't affect anything, right? So, like – Jordan Poole isn't playing his best right now, but we saw what Jordan Poole can do. He got a big contract. And, you know, I was having a conversation with someone. And, like, I I think Jordan Poole wanted to come out so hard and show, like, that the situation didn't affect him, right? And he has to because, like, he's going to get punked. You know, we know all the stuff they say on the court. So you know there's, like, when when players are talking to each other, people are bringing up the Draymond incident. Like, I see it Mm. in every post on Instagram, on Twitter. Like, this is going to be something that's going to be... So we can say, like, media may not be talking about it. It may not be a story that we're covering. But it's going to always be thrown in his face. So, like, if he's overthinking, trying to, like, do too much, right, then it's, it's still a lingering thing from that. And then, Dre you've on some level probably lost some of your status within the locker room. So to the extent that you'd be able to talk to Jordan and help him, I know everyone's kind of watching on the court 
to watch their interaction. But it, it's deeper than that. So I think it's naive for anyone to believe that there are no lingering impacts. There are other things but, going on with the Warriors, but I think it affects them. Do you think that eventually it, it I mean, it ha this happened, what, in training camp? Like, eventually it has to lose its effect. It's the same. Like, if You're somebody right. keeps saying something to you, if you and Michael get into a fight, right, and it goes viral and it, everyone sees it. Happens yeah, all the time. Know, <laughs> a, month, a month after it happens and, you, right. you know, players are crossing you, trash talking you, it stings. And then maybe the month after that, maybe it kind of still stings. But how much longer are you going to let it affect you to no, where that's a great it's point. to affect your game? I'm Listen. telling you, if you punch me in my face, like that's not a. There's different not, levels of no, no, disrespect. I'm not, about the, I'm not talking about Draymond and and Jordan. I'm saying if your opponent keeps throwing that in your face, oh Draymond punch you in the face. Eventually, it starts to lose the effect. It's like, yeah, bro, that happened like three months ago. Yeah, December but you know now, what? You know what? Actually, I think this is like this is like some some art of war stuff. Like figuring out how your opponent thinks. And I think, but at the very at the very basic. Um, way to approach this is Draymond has all has just told us all what what his what his secret thoughts are what bothers him the most what bothers him is this like how he's perceived or that anybody bringing this up it bothers mm -hmm. him maybe it doesn't bother him that, it, that his teammates bring it up or the management brings it up with the Warriors but when anybody outside of that circle brings it up it bothers him because that you're triggered by something that is Things that well, think about what triggers Embarrassing. us. Embarrassing. Because I ain't about to tell you what triggers me. I, I'm <laughs> triggered by things, and, you, and we all we all are. But I ain't gonna tell you. I'm not gonna let you know. So you might get me. You might sting me. I'll never let you know it though. And so you're triggered by something by a conversation that's already going on in your head. There's already an inner dialogue that you have gone you've you've gone back and forth over. Now when somebody <clears throat> activates it, mmm. And that's what happened. What's the saying? Uh, what's the saying? A hit dog, only a hit dog holler. Hit dog like holler. Oh, I hear I our mean, music. I hear our music playing. So we're gonna continue this. We gotta, we gotta pay some bills. Like when we're here, we gotta remember, man. You know, this beautiful building just doesn't run itself. We gotta pay some bills here. So <laughs> this building in Connecticut, Ashley, it's beautiful. Yeah, Connecticut I'm sure. Building. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, you got, you gotta come out. We're gonna bring you out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is one of those shows, uh, Ashley and, and Natalie. Man, we could just we could sit here for a while. We could sit, but I got a party to go to tonight, so uh, <laughs> we, we can't sit here that long. But Natalie made a great point uh, during the break, talking about some of the the gender dynamics that may uh, come into this uh, Jordan Poole Draymond fight. You can say it better than I can. <laughs> Y'all trying to get me in trouble with Dub Nation? Um, yeah, I just think that with Jordan, I think there's sort of an expectation societal, whatever, like he's a man. And so it's just like, oh, this wasn't any big deal. This is like what men do, whatever. And like, he should just move on and get over it, right? And I just don't think that's realistic, right? And he may be telling himself, I don't, I don't know Jordan, I'm not speaking for him, but he could be telling himself he should just get over it rather than actually processing what happened and dealt with it. Mm. And when something happens to you, right? then and you don't process it and deal with it then it lingers and it festers in the background so we can say he should get over it but like is he being given the latitude to actually process it deal with it and get over it so in one way what's happening with Steph could be good for Jordan it was last year with with Steph going down that Jordan emerged right and this may help him get his his swag back because they're going to need it with Steph being out. And he's the only one, not even Clay Thompson, that can do some of the things on the team that Steph can do. Last word on this, uh, Ashley, then we'll talk about uh, a team that hasn't won a championship since 1973. Oh, anyway, <laughs> right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, listen, I, I agree that, you know, he needs time to process whatever it is that he needs to process. We don't know if he has or hasn't done that already. So, again, I'm not going to speak for him. I'm just saying from a standpoint of assuming, you know, that 
when people, my whole thing earlier was simply saying, eventually things start to lose their effect. And I don't know if, you know, people are trash talking him and saying, oh, he got punched in the face by Draymond. I don't know if December that's still affecting him. I don't know if the situation with Draymond is affecting him at all. It could just be the team is just not playing well for a multitude of reasons I'm not going to assume. But I do think, like I said, I do think that Draymond is not proud of what he did and maybe the feelings he has regarding that are lingering more than maybe Jordan's feelings on what Draymond did to him. I feel like that's hmm. more realistic than maybe thinking that Jordan's still, you know, upset or, you know, kind of like trying to nurse what happened. I think Draymond's more walking around with a heavy heart because of it, and he should be. Interesting. Uh, in, a, in a minute and, and 15 seconds, tell me why the Knicks uh, aren't better than their record. Because because I, I look at them, Ashley, uh, I, I like Brunson. I like uh -huh. what Brunson, uh, what he brings to the table. He had 30 points last night. Randall, we know he's an all-star, uh, up-and-down player at times. I think the Knicks should be better than they are. Why aren't they better? The Knicks don't beat teams that are top five. I mean, you look at the teams that they've beaten so far. You have the Hawks. The Hawks were missing a big chunk of their starters. You look at the Hornets, okay? Look at the Kings. They're, what, eighth in the Western Conference? You look at the Bulls, not so great. They're 11. The Knicks haven't really beaten anybody worth anything. And if you look at earlier in the season, they played a lot of those teams early on. So now they're kind of hitting their stride with teams that – are struggling worse than they are. But I think that if they can continue this chemistry that they've built on the court, you know, it's five games that they've won right now in a row, they're gonna need that same camaraderie, that same chemistry, that same direction when they start playing teams that are just as good or if not better than they are. So I think that's gonna be the real test. Do I like five in a row? Absolutely. Does five in a row mean more to me when it's against teams that are above 500? Yeah, it does. When I start seeing that, I'll become a believer. I haven't seen it yet, though. So, but I'll take it. I'll take five in a row. Don't get me wrong. There it is. I'm not mad. I'm not look, mad at it. Look at that. We talked about the Knicks. We talked about the Knicks. <laughs> we talked about the Warriors. We talked about the Cowboys. I mean, we even got like, you see that Dak attack right there? You see that? You see my, my yeah, Dak? Yeah, Dak, let me get it. Let me get it. I got a Dak pillow for you. Whose pillow is that? Whose is it? It's mine. Yeah. It's mine. No, it's not. Who's holding it? <laughs> Who's holding it? Good to see you, Ashley. Bye, Ash. Thank you, Natalie. Bye. See y'all tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.